So, you know, all of this and our giving is all for the sake of our mission. This is exclusively for our mission, the mission of Jesus, which is reaching our world for Christ. All of your giving that we just talked about is all for the sake of the mission. And I would love for everyone this next year to continue with their giving. And some of you aren't participants in giving at Bethel. And I would pray that you would con con consider this next year as you're looking at your budget, as you're looking at maybe an increase you're getting at work or a bonus to say, I want to join in on the mission at Bethel in my giving. You know, Jesus, as we finish out our series on Ecclesia, I want, us to re I want to remind us of the mission that Jesus left us here on earth as he was leaving this world. So we're going to look in Acts chapter 1, verse 1 this morning. Um, it says, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. He's referring to the book of Luke. Luke wrote both the book that bears his name and the book of Acts. Some people say it's almost like uh, part one and part two. And he said, until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the, through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power and when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when you had said these things, they were looking on. He was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been... To a restaurant and you had someone come by and hand your kid a helium balloon and they take that helium balloon and you go out to the parking lot and from the parking lot to the car you know that little toddler or elementary kid or whoever that helium balloon all of a sudden goes up and it starts going up into the sky and the little one has a meltdown because they lost their balloon it's happened to me my kids have had happened to them before you know you think ah you got to the point where Rachel said, no balloons. We don't want any balloons coming with us. You know, in this story, I kind of like to think of Jesus as that same way. Actually, I, I bought a helium balloon last night, and I was going to let it go this morning, and all of us kind of watch it as it goes up into the sky, thinking yeah, that's kind of like what it was with Jesus. And Rachel says, no, 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 no. You know, it's not good for the environment. We're not going to do that. And I said, all right, whatever. But I thought it would be a cool illustration. I could let the balloon go. And we could just kind of watch it disappear up into the, the atmosphere this morning. But, you know, I was, I was overridden on that one. But, you know, you have to think. As the disciples were sitting there watching Jesus go up into the sky, I wonder if one of them ever had a thought, man, I wonder if we could have taught a, uh, a string to him and, like, you know, hung on 
You know, what were some crazy thoughts that were going through their minds? You know, they sat there and they, they, they gazed up into the sky. We don't know how long it was. It could have been minutes. It could have been hours. They didn't know what was going to happen. Jesus just disappears. We know that it was long enough that God sent a couple of angels down to ask you men of Galilee, why are you looking up into the heavens? Why are you still here? He probably thought, are they going to stand there forever? Are, you know, are they going to wait and see if I come back anytime in the next day or two? He said, men of Galilee, what are you doing? He will come back. And he tells them, here's what you need to do. You need to be about the mission until he returns. No one, he said, knows the time or the hour, the place from which I will return. But I shall return. And here's the deal. When we think about the mission of God, the mission that we've been called to, it's not your mission but it's Jesus' mission. It's not about my mission. It's about Jesus' mission. A lot of people have a mission, and they want to use Jesus for their mission. Their mission in life is to grow their business, make me healthy, fix my family. Sometimes this can even be noble causes, noble organizations, not even bad things. Maybe it's even things that Jesus would approve of, but we've got to be very careful. We're never allowed to use Jesus for our mission. We are to be on his mission of what he has called us to do. So our mission is simply to do what Jesus told us to do. And what did he say that would be? We just read it there in those, those verses. He said to be witnesses. We are to be witnesses. That is the mission. To be witnesses, telling people about the life, death, burial of Jesus that happened on this earth, who died for our sins, who rose to heaven, and who will come back again. That is our mission. Let me tell you a couple things about Jesus' mission that we know. It is under his sovereign rule. He ascended into heaven, and right now we know that Scripture tells us that he is sitting on the right hand of the throne of God. And what he is waiting for is for God the Father to look to the Son and say, go get my children. Go bring them home. We do not know the hour that that will happen, but we know that it will happen because God has said that it will and God's promises are always true. Until that time, all that happens in this world, everything is under his sovereign rule we say i'm not in charge jesus is you're not in charge jesus is this whole mission on earth is under the ruling resurrected reigning jesus seated on his throne right now so it's underneath his rule we also know that his mission is about the expansion of god's kingdom on this earth through his church we know that as well. There's no mission apart from the church. Jesus started one thing on this earth, one organism, the church. That's it. There's many other great parachurch organizations, but those are nothing without the church. God moves through his church. 
He says it right here, this Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. He is coming back. But between the time of his ascension and the time of his second coming is the time for our witnessing as the church is expanding the kingdom of God. The goal is always people meeting Jesus. Life changed through people meeting Jesus. That is the goal. Those who know Jesus to grow to become more like him. So we're talking more and more about Jesus. The expansion of the kingdom of Jesus through his church on this earth. Now, as we go back to Acts 1, the question is then, how long do we do this? How long does this happen? This was kind of, I think, the disciples' first question. And I think the angel says, don't worry about it. It's not for you to know. Jesus said as he was ascending, it's not for you to know the time that I'm coming back. It's, for, it's not for you to know that time. Jesus wants us to be less concerned about his coming back and more concerned about our going out. What are we doing to accomplish the mission? How are we as a church going to accomplish that mission? You know, it, I, I love to hear about how we had a, a larger account balance this past year in our church bank account, but at the same time, part of me grieves at that. Because, as Luke said, a lot of the outreach events that we are able to do throughout the year, we weren't able to do those this past year. And the spending of that money is part of us working on the mission of Jesus. The light up the night, the fuge that we do with camp, and all of those other things are things that we are putting money toward helping on the mission of Jesus that we weren't able to do this past year. And hopefully as we move further into 2021, God gives us greater opportunities to reach out into our communities. That God will give each one of you all opportunities to share why you're here, why you live your lives, what purpose you have in life. It's that's because I'm on mission for Jesus. It's all about his expansion. You know, we talk about planting churches and making disciples. That's Jesus's mission. And the more we work together, the more we pray together, the more we walk in unity and humility and generosity, the more disciples are made, the more that churches are planted, the more Jesus's kingdom advances. You know, as a part of our our giving back out, we support two separate ministries where we support the Chad Bramer family and Costa Rica and they moved back to Costa Rica at the end of 2019 with the preparation of starting their church in Costa Rica in 2020. <laughs> well, that wasn't able to happen in 2020. So they're regrouping to, to help for that to happen this year. Giving here to plant churches in other countries. We give as well to a church planting group in Florida. We you know, tell you guys this each year. We continue to give to this group. It's a group that helped us start Bethel. But this church planting group, they plant churches. There's a church plant that's happening in Davenport currently. There's one that's happening 
in um, Horizon West, which is just north of Disney. And then there is another one that's happening in Maitland, uh, Anchor Church in Maitland. So there's three church plants that we're using, that we are funding through our giving to help reach, really at this point, they're funding church plants in the Orlando area. So we have an international and we have a local focus to help us reach and expand the kingdom of God through the expansion of the church. So as we, we go back and we think about how long do we do this? We do it until either God calls us home or he comes back to get us. You know, I long for the day that Jesus is returned so we don't have to face this awful, wicked life. We, we think, you know what, God, I, life's so good down here. I don't, I don't know about heaven. That's such a terrible thing to think about. The joys and the wonder and the splendor of heaven. Just think about life with no more elections. <laughs> yeah, how awesome that would be. No more politics. Life with no more sickness. No more viruses. You know, life with no more wars. It's just Jesus and his people forever. Worshiping our Savior. We in our finite minds cannot comprehend how marvelous heaven and being with Jesus will be. But until that time, we are to be on mission. There are more people to be reached, more churches to be planted, more nations to be served. It means that we are not yet finished on this earth until Jesus has appointed it so. So Bethel, I want you all to have a marathoner's mentality. It's about perseverance. You think about someone who runs a marathon, runs those 26.2 miles. That takes a lot of perseverance. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us to persevere like Jesus persevered. It's about continuing forward with the mission of Jesus, not just about giving the rest of your life, not just about serving, not, but serving the rest of your life, not just praying, but praying the rest of your life. We don't know when he's going to come back, so it's being on mission for Jesus for the rest of your life, making a commitment that I will serve, I will give, I will pray, I will be a witness for the rest of my life or until he comes back. Why? Because it's the mission that we as believers have been called to. Only God knows when Jesus is returning. We have no room for speculation. Anyone who tells you that they know, any television teacher that tells you that they know, turn them off because they are a false teacher because scripture says no one knows. So many times, we are so concerned more about when he's coming instead about our going out. It's not our mission to be concerned about when he's coming. It's our mission to go out and tell others. His mission, it requires generosity. Jesus requires your generosity. Let me go back to the beginning. He introduced us to a guy at the very beginning of verse 1 if you look at that. Do you remember his name that he said there? Theophilus. He said, oh, Theophilus. You ever hear someone by the name of Theo? 
You ever heard of a Theo before? It comes from this Theophilus. Over in Luke 1, he refers to Theophilus as his most excellent Theophilus. Let me tell you what was so special about Theophilus that Luke referenced him at the beginning of both the book of Luke and also the book of Acts. What's so special about most excellent Theophilus is the way he refers to them is he was the financier for the book of Luke and for the book of Acts. You see, what Luke had to do to write these books that we have, that we cherish, that we can have today to read about the life of Jesus, to read about the early church, to read about the Apostle Paul and all of his travels, to have that happen, Luke had to assemble a research team. He had to travel. He had to go to all these places that and retrace the journey of Jesus. He had to interview eyewitnesses and pull up the oral history. He had to, to look at any written documents and, 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 and trace the facts. He had to record them on huge scrolls. And it, Luke didn't have some kind of solar-powered laptop that he could take with him all over the Mediterranean to do that. So he's writing all of this, this, this stuff down, and it's quite an endeavor. And then for the book of Acts, he has to follow Paul on his journeys, and he has to work with Paul and his team. He had to go with him and do all of the research and, and collect all of that research. And that's not cheap. That was expensive for Luke to do that. You know, how much do you think that would have costed, cost the Luke in that early time, those early days? I mean, a research project like that today would cost thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, back then, they didn't have airplanes. They were walking. They didn't have computers to record. They were writing things down in scrolls. They were on a ship. Sometimes weather delayed them. This took Luke years to write the book of Luke and to write the book of Acts. And Luke tells us that it was Theophilus that made it happen. That's why he's mentioned at the beginning of both books. Luke is saying, most excellent Theophilus, thank you for your support. And here is the result of your investment. Do you think Theophilus ever regretted spending the money to have God's word recorded? I don't think he ever did. You know, Theophilus was no doubt a rich man to be able to fund such a large endeavor. But I can guarantee you Bethel he may have had rims on his chariot, and he may have had a nice crib at home, but I can guarantee you he did not regret the recording of the life of Jesus, the life of the early church, and Paul. We all today, the church for 2,000 years, is in debt to a man named Theophilus who said, I'm going to give. I'm going to give so the recording can be made. I'm going to give toward the mission of Jesus. Yeah. 
what he was able to do is he was able to fund the majority of the New Testament. Let me tell you what's sad about this, is what's sad is that there were probably other people who had that opportunity that missed that opportunity. Theophilus took the opportunity and he bankrolled and funded the writing of the majority of the New Testament. Think about that. And I want you to see from his stewardship and generosity invested in the kingdom of God that his investment was not in vain. The investment that we make as a church into Bethel, into our church to touch lives in our community is not in vain. I can tell you that there is not a dollar that I have given to the mission of Jesus that I wish I could get back. Because through the giving, we're able to see lives changed. People become followers of Jesus. Families change, marriages reconcile, children born, see people advance into the kingdom of God. And I want to thank all of you who gave to Bethel to finance the mission of Jesus in 2020 and all of the previous years, because we could not do it without you. And we're going to need you to continue to give, and even in a greater way in the, in the years to come, because we want to reach our community. We want our community to be on mission with Jesus. You say, you know, Pastor Robert, we ended our, our account balance with $42,000 at the end of 2020. Yeah, that's a lot of money. But here's what I also know. I also know that God's got bigger and greater things for us than this school, even though the school is the grace of God. I'm praying, it's in my prayers, and you guys have heard me pray, that I'm praying that God will give us land, that there will be a strip mall built somewhere that we can move into to have some kind of permanent or semi-permanent facility. And when God answers that prayer, I want us to be ready to be able to move into it. And to move into something like that, to sign a lease, to retrofit a space for a church is going to cost a lot more than $42,000. But here's what I know. God will provide it. And I don't want us to miss out on that opportunity when it arises. So you say, Pastor Robert, what are we going to do with that $42,000? We're going to continue to be very frugal with our money. We're going to give toward the mission, but we also we're going to save for when that day arises and we can jump on that opportunity to have a permanent location for Bethel to meet. I'm not one that's uh, uh, spend money because we have it. No, that's, that's not the way. I believe in saving and asking God to provide and asking God to move in a way so that we can continue to, to move forward in the mission. So this last year was a phenomenal year for us from a, a giving standpoint. 22 or 22% increase in a normal year is amazing for a nonprofit. For it to be in 2020 makes it even, even better. You might say, you know, Pastor Robert, I've never participated in giving. And I would like to start. You can go online through the YouVersion app. You'll see the link there to our website. 
and you can give there, but remember, it's not about the money, it's about the mission. We want people to meet Jesus. We want churches to be planted. We want nations to be reached and to be generous people. We must give. This mission does not happen without the people of God giving toward the mission of God. So as we close out today, I want to say thank you again for all that you've given. And I pray that as God works on your heart, you'll say, I can be a Theophilus and give in my local community through my local church to help reach our community and the nations for Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for as trying of a year as 2020 was, that we're able to see a bright spot, to see our giving increase. God, I know that <laughs> that's, that just still blows me away as I think about it. God, I pray that we would continue to have more and more people that would jump on boat and say, I want to be a part of the mission through my generosity knowing that what I give will have an eternal impact. Lord, I thank you for, for Luke and the Stangs and their willingness to, to steward our finances in a way that brings you glory. Lord, I thank you for their time and their effort. Lord, I thank you for all the givers that we have at our church. And Lord, I pray that you give us more. God, I pray that in the coming months, the Lord, that you would give us a facility that we can call our own. The Lord, whether that's through the purchases of the land, whether that's through renting through a strip mall or a warehouse, wherever that might be, God, I pray that you would move and make that possible for us so we can put roots down in that location. But if God, if that's not what you would have for us, I pray that you would make that perfectly clear and let us know that this school is where you have us for now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he lived a perfect life, died the death that I should have died for my sins, and I thank you that you give us the hope to know that he's coming back. Lord, I pray that we would be diligent on mission until that day. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.